Welcome all you creeps to now the sixth episode, yes you've made it this far, of Murder on the 420 Express. We hope you've enjoyed the prior episodes and we're happy to wrap this season up with a, the oldest unsolved mystery in American history and on American soil. There is a difference. Uh, this is Mandy. This is Lisa. And welcome to Murder on the 420 Express. Welcome aboard. May I have your ticket please? Click, click. <laughs> so, Lisa, what are we uh, getting down with today? Uh, this is my go-to. Yes. This is called XJ13. Do you know what XJ stands for? I don't. It's like X-Files, But it is XJ. definitely a model of a Jeep. Oh. <laughs> yep, we're token with Jeep's dealership strain. Um, yeah, XJ13. Uh, I would say it's... Well, you got it in a vape pen. So yeah. I can't, I don't really taste it as much as it really just kind of hits you as a nice. It's very floral. If you smell okay. it, it's very floral. So like, like, um, how I like to picture it is, is like your, the buds on the marijuana flower or on the marijuana plant mm-hmm. are just blooming. And then it's just that like, you know, that first bloom of spring, but weed form. <laughs> it's very Zen, very yes. Zen image, you know, like dew drop on a spider's web. It's just little. <laughs> Buds blossoming. Well, this pretty lady is a stativa dominant, dominant stativa dominant hybrid, which is why I probably enjoy it a lot. And it's one of its parents is also one of my favorite strains. Yeah, is a uh, Jack. Oh, Her- Herrera. Herrera. Jack Herrera. Yeah. Oh, I really like Jack Herrera. And G thirteen Haze is also the other parent, but okay. Jack. He's a good friend of mine. <laughs> Jack. Good old Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like it. I think it's a really nice. Uh, to me, it helps level up my brain so my thoughts aren't going a thousand oh, miles yeah. a minute, but I'm also feeling productive. Oh, yeah. See, look at it. You get happy, energetic, relaxed, focused, and creative. Like, this is the perfect strain for me. Yeah, what a better bud to have for a podcast, too. Like, Murder on the 420 Express. That brings about all the doom and gloom and shitty things that we really talk about that, like, in paranormal cases and what humans do, this strain kind of brings everything to be uplifting. Like, it's not so bad when you're smoking on XJ13. It's really not. It's really nice. No, I like it. I like it. If only back in the day people, like, actually smoked weed the way that we have here like I love the vape pens too I feel like it's kind of I'm not a vape person I either like to smoke out of a piece or the vape pens have been nice like because it's a cleaner smoother hit and for someone like me who deals with problems with my lungs I feel like it is a nice smooth hit Mm -hmm. definitely not one for bongs sorry all you bong lovers you're more than happy to like rip and have have a good time actual dabs dabs yes I have I have actually my boyfriend's got a friend uh, dude, I honestly just wanted to take a nap afterwards. Like, it, it hit me pretty hard, and I was just like, nap time. The first dab Get I down. ever did, I was super fucking drunk already. And really? then I took a, like, I took a dab, and then immediately after that, I was just fucking gone. I wasn't drunk anymore. I was just stoned. No, it gets you real stony baloney, like, a, a, to a, a very, like, different level of head high. To me, dabs don't always hit my body. It just makes me want to take a nap. But the head high, I think, is kind of like what spins me out. I'm like, nah, this is too much. I'm going to go to sleep now and hopefully wake up sober. <laughs> yeah. Give me, a, like, an hour nap. All right. Well, you ready to dive into this? I am. I am ready. This I'm is a really... I'm first. I know, I know, ev- like, I don't know everything about it, but I know, like, the background. Yeah. Of it, but I'm curious to hear what your theories are. So I really like this. First off, I love history. I'm a big history buff. But secondly, I really like this tale and this actual factual event that happened, which what we're talking about is the oldest unsolved mystery, like I said, on American soil in U.S. history, which was the disappearance of the Roanoke Colony in the South. That was uh, the first colony of Englishmen in uh, North Carolina. Um, This case is super interesting, which I'm really glad that we're smoking this right now, this XJ13, because it kind of keeps us, like, upbeat and lifted in regards to all these different theories that get really kind of out there. So, 
Uh, Roanoke, like I said, was the first English settlement in America, now known as North Carolina, founded by English explorer Sir Walter uh, Raleigh in August of 1585. So if none of you know, but Raleigh or Rayleigh, however you want to say it, North Carolina was founded by Sir Walter Raleigh in August of 1585. <clears throat> it, due to the low food supply and uh, Indian attacks and other grievances, the first colony actually returned to England only one year later in 1586 so I imagine traveling by ship wasn't actually that long as I had kind of predicted I think it might have been more like three months people are on a ship going back to England or three to six months as opposed to a year in my mind um however I feel like that's nowadays though like back then I feel like it would take longer wouldn't it Oh, yeah, of course. I was just thinking, like, for some reason in my mind, like, when I was researching this case, I was like, oh, man, it's probably going to take, like, a year to two years just to get back onto English soil because they're having to go, like, old school methods with, like, basic compasses, getting lost at sea with these big wooden ships. So, yeah, they returned in less than, in uh, almost exactly a year, I should say, actually, uh, in 1586. Raleigh got together yet another group of uh, colonists, about 100 people, and sent them back to repopulate and reconstruct the Roanoke uh, colony with John White, who was another English explorer. White went back to England to get more supplies, but due to the war with Spain, White did not come back until 1590. So 1587, the new colony landed. And then 1590, three years later, John White, so after he dropped them off, he like decided to turn back around mm. and get new supplies. Then he finally came back after basically the war had settled down after three years with new supplies I find this to be kind of a weird loophole in in what Time. happened yeah he returned but everyone including every single body had disappeared and why I say bodies because there was no trace that anyone had died there there was no trace of anything so white lost his daughter and his gr granddaughter who actually was the first child born on American soil from English settlement uh, in the disappearance and um, <clears throat> White's only evidence of what may or may not have happened was the word Croatan spelled C-R-O-A-T-A-N carved into a palisade so like a I kind of I think it's pronounced Croatoan well see I read it and it's C-R-O-A-T-A-N Croatan Croatoan. Croatoan. If you know the real pronunciation of it, audience, please feel free it's to, like, like, speak out because I really don't. Like. And I'm pretty stoned like right now. tomatoes, tomato, because I swear to God, in American, in American Horror Story, they say Croatoan. Croatoan? Yeah. Let's just say that because I feel like that sounds nice. It could totally be wrong. Anyways. But wasn't um, that, like, a tribe? So, there's a lot of different theories, but yeah, one was that it was a Native American tribe that maybe killed off everyone, and or they killed off a majority of people and then enslaved the rest. But this word was carved into the palisade that was built on the settlement. Originally, White thought that the colony had moved into a Croatoan island that was about 50 miles, uh, I believe it was 50 miles east of uh, the settlement. But further investigation, no colonists were found to have even stepped onto that land. Like, no trace evidence. So, so everybody's just gone without a trace. Yeah. Well, John White was also disappeared for, like, three years. Like, I don't know. I feel like he kind of did a no-call, no-show or, like, ghosted the colonists. He was like, I'll be back. And then, I don't know if he just, like, decided to go back to England, have a few beers. All of a sudden, next thing you know, <gasps> three years later, and... <laughs> He's no. probably like, yo, can I get a, one of them ales? Yeah, can I get two of those pints, and please? And then somebody just drugged him, and he was like, what? What's that guy? Rip Van Winkle? Fucking <laughs> just sleeps for God knows how long, and then wakes up, and he's like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck, I had a responsibility. I'm supposed to be somewhere. No, I totally feel like with John White, I feel like he probably had a few to drink, maybe toked took a dab hit, and then passed out for, like, three years, and then was like, oh, shit, I forgot I had all the colonists over there. I better get my ass back to the U.S. Right? Something happened. With the supplies. I mean, he obviously had to resupply up but in three that, years. But wasn't there a 
war going on? Maybe he yeah. didn't get all the supplies within... There was a war like, going on with Spain at that time, which was the reason why he said it halted his journey back. Uh, so, however, in 1998, archaeologists found evidence on tree rings that they were researching in that area that showed that there was a major drought that happened between 15... Is it 1587 and 15... Is it... Oh, yeah, 1587 and 1589. And that could have been possibly one of the theories that there, that led to the demise of the colony. So there's, like, an extreme drought. So basically imagine Flint, Michigan... Yeah, I mean, and this is horrible, but it's true. The drought is still going on. The water supply is still horrible. Flint, Michigan, back in the late 1500s, in Raleigh, North Carolina, where they can't get clean water, they're having to produce their own filtration systems, not enough with 100 people living there. So they just uprooted their life and went somewhere else? Yeah. Or was there no evidence of them ever leaving? That's what's so weird about it. It's literally like they got zapped out of that area. Like, something just came along, pulled them all out, because there's no trace evidence of even death there. Like, it would kind of make sense if maybe there were bones found, like, maybe that happened, or even, like, shallow graves, or something weird like that, but to have absolutely nothing found except for that one word carved into the palisade that was on the settlement, I find that to be oh, pretty we don't eerie. even know what that means? No. So, going into, this case is a bit shorter. Like, first off, let me just tell you, the Bell Witch case was probably the longest case that I'd ever read when it comes to this shit with paranormal cases, where I was like, wow, there's so much evidence. I think it was just very documented for that time period because... But every other case is yeah. just not documented enough. It's, yeah. So, do you know what that means? That means we should probably be documenting more of these. Dude. Dun, dun, dun. Anna experienced a little girl ghost in her new apartment what okay hold on we've got we have I'll, a friends yeah a i'll co-worker. put a bleep on that okay that's fine oh i oh i wasn't caring but i was oh. like, we have a friend who um we work with who i guess is experiencing she's been my friends for like 12 I say, years yeah the queen's mine she's been like my best friend for like 12 years and she just moved into this new apartment and she saw what looked like a little, like, a figure running from the master bedroom to the smaller bedroom. And it, like, looked like a little kid. So she thought it was Sophia. And she was just <clears throat> doing the dishes. And she goes in there and she's like, Sophia, what are you doing out of bed? And she didn't see Sophia anywhere. And it was, like, a full, like, apparition. Like, not an app, like a dark shadow apparition. Ooh, like a shadow person. Yes. I'd be careful. We've seen those. I've seen those in this house for years. Oh my god! It could be like a passer, like someone just It's so weird. Through. I always get it next to the closet yeah. by our bathroom. Always we'll like that little... We'll tr- get it. It'll go through this closet here. Yeah. Here in Caitlin's room or in our room. Mm-hmm. But I see them all the time. Like when she first moved in, we would hear like walking like right there on that map. Mm-hmm. There's like our old uh, vent yeah. for our Mm-hmm. That like in the fifties they moved it to the wall, mm-hmm. so now we just have this huge stainless steel cage underneath that fucking runner mat right there. But in the middle of the night, she woke me up, and even Roscoe was like ears are just completely like perked up, looking out of the door, and you can hear like walking, like a heavy walking in here, like yeah. someone pacing. It was freaky. It sounded. I don't know. Roscoe didn't freak out, and that's our dog, so I felt like maybe he just understood that maybe it was just someone passing through. But it sounded like someone heavy. We're in an old side of town. Like, this house Mm -hmm. is 100 years old. This Mm -hmm. house is 101 years old now. Yeah. We have two of the oldest crematoriums in Reno right here on Wells on Toma Street. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep, the two historical crematoriums. I mean, like, this whole neighborhood is just, like, probably fucking loaded with... Like you said, Crazy the oldest tattoo shop, the oldest yeah. crematorium. Yeah, yeah, you know, so if your friend is seeing that too, I mean, like, it's either a spirit that does live there, or it's just someone passing through. Well, something that's well I told her. It made it visible enough for her to want to see it, so. Well, it keeps waking up Penelope at night. Oh, her, is that to, her youngest? Uh, yeah, Penelope at night, it's a play, like, because Penelope hasn't been sleeping very well at all so she's thinking that it's a little girl who is waking her up so that she can play with her Mm -hmm. penelope's one 
Oh, well, that's just common for a one-year-old not to sleep at night. Like, keep that in mind. Mine slept through the night. And now he's Mine not. Didn't. How's he doing? Is he think... Oh, no, he's fine. He's fine. just getting used to a new place. Um, so, there was another account, too, where I guess her and her boyfriend both oh. witnessed it at the same time. And so, I guess she kind of felt like... I don't remember if they were, like, in bed and one of them got up to go do something. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that it wasn't Anna. What? And, yeah, it wasn't Anna. Like, next but, to him? No, no, no. Or they got like, up? Like, she was in bed sleeping, and then I think, see, like, her boyfriend, like... Went up to get something? Like, got up to get something, and then she was just like... It was something like that. I don't really remember all of the details, but they both saw it, and they were like, oh, okay, like, something's actually here. So, see, I thought you meant, like, that, that the ghost was, like, in bed with them, and, like, she sees, like, her boyfriend out, and all of a sudden she's, like, sleeping there, and she's like, who the hell's cuddling me? Like, I thought it was something weird like that. Like, what the fuck? Oh, no. I was like, don't, I don't think, tell me that I don't that's think weird. They, no, 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 no. It was just, like, they both saw it, so I think she thought he was in bed, or he was, she, he thought she was doing something, and they were in the other room, oh. and they, like, both witnessed it at the same time, but they're yeah. not, they were in different rooms. That's weird. So they just moved into this place, and this mm-hmm. is where they're experiencing that? And it's so funny, because she has sage and a white candle, and he's just like, you don't put that stuff in our house? And she's like, this is to protect our home. Oh, man. You know, like, and just like that. So she's like, she's like, I'll, I'll, light, I'll light the white candle, and it'll stay burning. Like, you don't blow it out. It just stays burning, and then you just tell with your intent, like, you know, this is our home now, blah, blah, you know, all of that stuff, positive energy. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, good. And then I guess one of the kids blew out the candle and Caesar was like, you don't blow out the candle. And he's oh like, let it again. So um, she's like, will you come with me to cleanse my home? And I was like, I totally will, but I just want to let you know I'm kind of a little skeptical. It's not that I don't trust little children ghosts, but I don't trust little children ghosts. No, this is a creepy thing, but little, like, ghosts that mimic children that are not necessarily ghost children are known to be, like, darker spirits. That's what I told the her. smaller children so that it can be, like, alluring. Yeah, that's exactly what I told Anna. I was like, it's not that, like, I'm not against going there and helping you, but, like, I'm in tunely keen to picking up these things, and I'll hear them. So. That's what you were saying last time, yeah. So I'll hear what they're saying, like, little, like, sentences will, like, formulate in my head, and I know that it's not me, because these are things that are just, like, popping, popping, popping constantly yeah. all the time. So I'm like, I'm telling you right now, if I walk into that house and I feel something other than a child, I am walking the fuck out. Yeah, <laughs> dude, what did you feel? Oh, I haven't gone over there yet. Oh, my gosh, when are you supposed to do that? I don't know. Probably oh. sometime soon. That's always kind of creepy, especially if you moved into a new place. It's kind of like, damn it. I just wanted to move into a nice place that didn't I, have crazy ghosts. I've always had those feelings. Like, I always don't like moving because once I'm settled in a place, like, it's like, this is this is settling. This is cozy. What about the place you're at now? Do you feel anything, like, residual energy-wise? No, but the house on Watts I did. Oh, really? Yeah. It you was just disappear and you leave Croatoan scribbled into the <laughs> No, but it was just the basement had, like, this really weird vibe. And I was trying to, like, not be that stereotype of, like, it's just, it's a basement, it's supposed to be spooky. Yeah. But it's, like, there was a specific little area in that basement where it was just, like, this is not your space, is this what is I was getting. owned, already taken. That's exactly the feeling I was getting, yeah. was is that this is not your space. Like, it was just, like, a backup, backup. Weird. Have you ever seen, what was that show that we used to watch, babe, where it was, like, the chick and the detective would like go and do paranormal investigations oh, dead files yes. that's what it reminds me of because she was like saying she was like ooh this ghost is creepy and it was like some ghost that was just like protecting his his territory which happened to be the basement she's like he's doing all these like creepy weird little like ghosts like crawling things like little like trying to mimic horror scenes like just trying to protect that portion that like he claimed as his territory in the afterlife so it's weird and maybe because sometimes we just don't see those things because we don't necessarily have like that 
I would say it's like a veil taken off, you know? We, we are stuck in this time period. We're not outside of that realm mm-hmm. that we just don't see it. But there's, there's a sixth sense for a reason. Like, we feel it. You hear it. Some people see it. Some people smell it, and you know? And whether you choose to believe in the heebie-jeebies or not, they exist. Yeah, you don't know. Have you died? If you've died and you've come back to life and you can honestly tell me what you experienced then I'll take that as some type of credible source. I might not believe in it 100%, but I'll take it as a credible source. There's TV shows out there about that stuff. About people, like, dying and coming Mm -hmm. back. Oh, yeah. Some people, like, um, I remember my sister's dad was telling me that there's some famous mob guy on the East Coast, because my sister's dad's from New York, and that supposedly he died and was brought back to life after dying for, like, six or seven minutes, like, actually, like, called dead. For six or seven minutes and came back and repented his entire life because he said he went to hell. Oh my God. And he suffered for hours and days just in those six those six minutes. And he was brought back and he completely changed himself. I don't know. I'd have to do more research to figure that out. I've had... Um, That's so weird. Yeah, I've heard of Everybody's other people experience have is different though. Oh yeah. And, and also I think it's like an age thing too. Like... When you become an adult and now you are responsible for your actions and it's kind of like your just duty in life to be a good person and you choose to kind of fuck off and not be a good person, then in the afterlife you kind of get that like retribution, I think, for the most part. You know, you might see that in different variations. I don't know if it's hell or if it's heaven. I personally believe in that. Or like if you're a good person, maybe you get to be at peace. Or maybe it's like in that season or that series, American Gods, where whatever you believe in when you die is kind of what you go with. Whether it's an ancient belief or a newer See, belief. See, I think that's what it is because it's your consciousness that, yeah. that dis- like decides your thoughts. Your thoughts right? of what happens like, in the afterlife. Like, it's all what you encompass. It's all what you believe in as well, too. So, like, if somebody says believes in heaven or hell and they believe that if they die, they're, they go to one or the other, then I believe that's what you're going to see. Mm-hmm. Whereas... If you're like me, where you feel like you would just, like, go on this wild trip, and then all of a sudden it just disperses. hmm Like, I feel like that's what, that's what would happen. I think that because you're, everyone is so afraid to die, that maybe they interpret that trip as either heaven or hell, depending on... The circumstances. Yeah, your circumstances of how you... I wouldn't say, like, how you died, but, like just your mindset altogether. Well, I think it's interesting, too, because there's a lot of cases that document, like, on your deathbed, like, there's a lot of people that say that, like, as they're dying, that they see, like, people from the other side. You know, that veil starts to break. They start to get more closer to death, closer to the people that maybe, like, were around them, so that they can be, like, taken home or taken to whatever it is in the afterlife. What if that's just familiar energy just coming to help you transition? Who's to say? Who's to say? I feel like those who have who have had a traumatic death experience and have been brought back, I feel like they're the ones that are going to have the I went to hell feeling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, well, and I think, it, like you said, it's kind of like your consciousness. Like, you start, there's the reason why there's deathbed confessions. There's a reason why there's deathbed, um, you know, being saved on your deathbed and everything because people really start to reflect in their lives. As they're dying because nobody knows what's on the other side. There's no science to document what's on the other side. Even My, though there's a lot of scientists that state there's nothing, there's a lot of atheists that believe in that, there's still no science to prove that there's absolutely nothing because consciousness is a transference of energy. Dang. What about the, <laughs> the elderly ones that, like, like, how do they come to terms like they're on their deathbed? That's something that I've always been curious about is, like, when somebody's like, no, it's okay, it's okay, I'm not scared. Like, do, do they say that just to say it, or are they saying it because they actually believe it? I think they're kind of curious also. I think if they've, like, lived this life, and they're hurting, and they're in pain, and they're done, and they're tired, and they're just kind of curious, and I think they finally, like, let go. I personally believe that your your spirit leaves your body when you, when you feel ready to detach. It's kind of like a weird relationship. It can either be healthy or not healthy, but your spirit finally leaves as, like, that final breath that just goes and is done. You know what's so funny is some days, like, I'll catch myself and I'll be like, you know what? I'm okay if I were to die. 
Like, I'm okay. You have to be okay with this. This is okay. And then some days, like, when I talk about it, like, right now, it's just like, oh, my God, I'm... Like, when I get old, I don't want to grow old. I don't want to die. Like, yeah, I don't... Yeah, and you have your like, son. what? Like, but yeah. other days, it's just like, oh, no, it's okay. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like a toss-up right now. It's never like that, no, it's okay. Yeah. I'm going to be okay with this moment for the rest of my life. I don't think I could... Uh, I'll probably get there. I can't say I can't. I think it has to be so, like, when I was flying back from Thailand, there was, like, extreme turbulence. No, excuse me, I was flying to Thailand, and this was a few years ago, and there was, like, this extreme turbulence on the plane there, and this was, it was, like, probably my fourth time leaving the country, but this was my first time on, like, my own accord, and I remember just looking, and I saw this person next to me, and, like, this chick and I just kind of made eye contact, and it was, like, just this extreme turbulence, like, I kind of looked at her, she looked at me, and I was, like, we gave each other that look of, like, if we die now, it's gonna be okay. And I told myself, I was, like, if I die right now, at least I'm dying on my way to do something that I really wanted to do, which wasn't just to visit Thailand, but to have that independent trip, being that I was seeking that independence after just a really tumultuous, abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. I was just ready to leave and go and do something. And I, we gave each other the same look. And when we actually got off at the airport terminal, I made some type of joke about the turbulence. And she was like, you know, I kind of made this amends to myself that, you know what, if I die now, it's okay. There's nothing I can do. And I told her, I was like, I did the exact fucking same thing because there's nothing you can do. You're dealing with turbulence on a plane. Like thousands of feet in the air. Mm -hmm. You die, you die, and you just gotta, you know, pray that everyone that you know who you love and the people that you know love you just knows that. You know? Mm -hmm. Hey, love you, I gotta go, can't help this. Like you said, 30 seconds can change everything. It really can, dude. So I have a feeling that that is something that possibly could have happened to this settlement. So... 30 seconds can change anything. Three years can certainly change something. Theory number two is Native American tribe known as the Croatoans or Croatans, I'm not sure, uh, killing off or attacking brutally the colonists. However, the colony was extremely large, over 100 people, so given that fact, most were probably killed off and the, later, and the rest were taken as slaves. So possibly like a lot of the men or whatever uh, might have been killed off. And then the women and children were taken as slaves, or maybe some men. But they, the tribes back then that they could denote in that area, the Native American tribes, they would never, like, really take down just, like, a hundred men in a colony. Like, that would be a big feat to take on. But they might have, like, killed them off or did a brutal attack and then took whoever they could. But that would still beg the question. So did the Native Americans come back later and move all the bodies? Or, like, you would still see evidence of an attack. Like, even in three years, you'd still see evidence. I don't necessarily think that they would give a shit about coming up and cleaning up after themselves. In all honesty, if no, I was that's, that, but that's if I was saying. an Indian, I would be like, "That was my I'm point. Kill you, and then yeah. you kill them. You die take because you decided women, to take my land, and I kill you off, and I'm going to take your well, whoever as my slaves. I'm sorry, I'm not going to go back and clean up the dirty work. I'd leave you no, there to send see? a message. Exactly." Which is why I think that's not a likely theory. Although, no. it's probably the most understandable theory, given everything else. It's a logical theory. Yeah. So, theory but number it three. Hold does it hold ground? It doesn't hold If it. everything's possible, it is a possibility. It's very true. So, theory number three is, uh, much like the Donner Party, perhaps they were subject to cannibalism. Uh, the lack mm. of bodies, extreme conditions, and practices of bone grinding for healing remedies. It's like bone grinding with their own mortars to make their own medicine with the herbs there. That is a possibility as to why there were no bodies left. And you'd still, I still feel like you'd find those last few people that were, you know, eating other people. I feel like as cannibalists, if you're still eating someone, you're still eating someone. So you but should be around But wouldn't there be remnants years. of bones left? No, bone grinding is why they said. Oh. Yeah, because they used to grind down bones, kind of like how you were saying, oh, you'll get, she'll get to a really creepy, cool fact, but kind of like how you were saying oh, yeah. that fact. That's fucking gross. They were grinding bones down to put in healing remedies. That's fucking gross. So, A, here's why this theory, to me, seems most probable. I'm gonna grind your bones to make your Grind bread. your bones. <sighs> so, A, is there was a colony of Jonestown in Virginia that was, um actually found to have committed cannibalism in 1609. 
which was only a few years past 1590. So it was, it was almost 20 years past that that they were convicted of that. Is it possible that the remaining people from the colony of Roanoke went to Jonestown and taught them how to practice cannibalism during the high droughts? Or what if they went there and basically took over the fucking town with cannibalism? That's what I'm saying. Only they didn't, they killed off a lot of people that would be recognizable. Because you'd think that they'd be recognizable by John White if there's other colonists. Plus, I'd have to do more history on Jonestown. Jonestown, Jonestown's got like a wild like name reference. But with like did, cults and cannibalism. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was gonna say like what if like well did White ever visit Jonestown? That's what I'm saying. I have to do more evidence and perhaps mm-hmm. he didn't think to do it. Or maybe the colony wasn't around at that time. Maybe they were later settlers. Um, maybe they were still on the move. So here's a mythological one. Native American spirit the Wendigo which is basically the native version of a werewolf. It's a lot um, skinnier and more shaggy looking in that area. Um, That possibly... (laughs) I like your ringtone, Lisa. Thank you. Um, That possibly the Wendigo, which was similar to the werewolf, uh, some theorized believe if cannibalism took place, then maybe the humans turned into the beasts themselves. Wendigos were known to attack humans in spiritual... Oh, yeah, supernatural episode... Yeah. Um. You got the me Wendigo. there. No, you got me there. That could very well be. A that very they just good. become the Wendigos and they just became the shapeshifters. I mean, if the Native Americans believe that Wendigos happen for two reasons, one is that the werewolves or Wendigos themselves would take on the resemblance of an animal by wearing the fur or pelts of the animal. The second would be that um, if they decided to murder or become the beasts themselves, they would then turn into the Wendigo. Maybe that's what actually happened then. They're it all just lichens, a... lycanthropy. Maybe they just oh. don't know how to, like, turn back. Oh, they're just lost spirits. They say there's actually some weird mythological thing that says that if a wolf is not familiar with themselves, like a, a shapeshifter or a werewolf is not familiar with themselves, then they will have a hard time turning back because they become too beast-like, and they lose their human side. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, here's another one, and this is just some strange connections. So Edgar Allan Poe, yes, the writer, had a strange connection to the word Cro- Croatian or Croatin. Shortly before his death, Poe disappeared for a little bit, but reappeared babbling incoherently and was not just drunk but also delirious. Supposedly <laughs> one of the last words Poe uttered was Croatoan or Croatian. Yeah. As he's like passing away in the alley. The reason for his sudden death and onset delirium is still unknown today. Um, he was a drunk. Yes, maybe he was obsessed. Maybe he heard about this word and or heard about the See, colony. Drunks was... are obsessed with everything. Okay. <laughs> That's true. They are obsessed with everything. This is my beer. This is my beer. This is my beer. Did you hear about those aliens? Aliens. Those are my aliens. Those are my aliens. Those are my beer aliens. (laughs) They're like giant two-year-olds that go through that phase of like, this is mine. This is mine. This is mine. But they're all drunk, so they're like totally just like, (laughs) Croatoan. That was back in Croatoan. Back in like, back in Nam, but Edgar Allan Poe's all talking about Croatoan. Okay, so um, also... That specific word has been found among famous disappearances. What? Yeah. Horror author uh, Ambrose Bierce vanished in Mexico in 1913, and that word was carved into his bedpost. Death number one. Famous death number two, stagecoach robber Black Bart etched the word into the wall of his prison cell right before his release in 1888 and was never seen again. And a different dimension. Seriously, that I, it's, it's like starting to like dimension. make it feel like that. See, the word was uh, in Amelia Earhart's journal. No, found after her disappearance. Yes. No. Amelia Earhart. Yeah, Amelia Earhart. Yeah. 
they're in a fucking different dimension. They that's what gotta be. That's what I thought it was because I'm like, she was, they just broke into the Bermuda Triangle or like, where are they hearing this? Or is it was it more common of a word back then that I just don't know? Um, and D, that word was written on the last page of the logbook of the notorious ghost ship Carol A. Deering back in 1921. It was found ran aground on Cape Hatters missing its crew okay right uh by what was now known as the croatoan islands or croatian islands get i'm done i'm done and that fucking crazy what that's crazy right so okay you not many people know about the lost colony no you have to i didn't it's a even history know lesson for some to be i honest. didn't even know that it was even a thing yep. until american horror story came out with oh, Roanoke? Yeah, with Roanoke. Mm -hmm. So, like, you have to think. Back in those times, especially 1888, fucking... 1609, 1585. Where else is that word gonna populate from? Like, where else is it gonna come from? And all these different, like, disappearances, which I find is weird. Like, are they all just hanging out on some mysterious island that we know nothing about, just lost in time? Well, there's a video on YouTube... I showed this to you about yeah. the theory behind the Bermuda Triangles oh, and the pyramids. Yeah, dude, and stuff that was like such that. a crazy theory. It really had me or thinking. Or the lost like, city of Atlantis, like yeah. all of these different like mythological places or things of legend. Like they're all connected together because they were all like where the energy source was for yeah. where our planet was, like our beings, our consciousness. Like this was a place of healing, of peace. Like all of these different places, especially like in places that experience like large amounts of energy weird or disappearance the polars yes did you yeah. know that the it shifts the energy of like the most peaceful place always shifts it was in japan or china, china. for like the longest time mm-hmm. and like tibet too. it was in egypt that's why we feel such a pull yeah, to ancient egypt like it was such that's a crazy. spiritual place or it's such a mm-hmm. it's a yeah, you know, that's all the energies are being exactly housed, you know what or I mean? like there's like those different cities everywhere what would be Stonehenge, now easter island i don't know where it is now i think it's still it's it's still in China, I think, or Japan. Mm-hmm. It's where monks live. Maybe and Thailand. They've been teaching. Because Thailand was like an explosive place, and they have all those temples there, too. I mean, I'm not saying that Thailand's perfect, but I'm saying maybe there's like this pool to like Southeast Asia still as it's like shifting. It's very true. Plus, you gotta think, like, look at all the triangles everywhere. I'm sorry, but the triangles in this video are all about those pools so, of energy. Also, where you see like massive amounts of like, like death so to speak, it's more so that the energy has removed itself or, like, there's been a polar shift. It's not yeah. of, like... So maybe Juarez is, like, a polar shift because that's the murder capital of the U.S. Maybe. Or, like, maybe these weird, mysterious disappearances are, are like, an after effect of those polar shifts moving or, like, this energy moving. It's just really weird. That it's is really, really weird to explain, but, like... This video explained it so well. Yeah, we'll share the link on our website. I legit was like, this this is too good to be true. Like, this makes too much sense. Too much sense. It sounds like Crazy. a fiction novel. And it's it's animated really fun. Yeah, no fiction. It, no fiction. Okay, yeah. yeah. It sounds like made up because you're it just like, totally this is so does. far out there. But the more they go into this video... Yeah. The more it starts to, like, kind of piece together of, oh, that makes sense. Oh, that that really makes sense. Oh, that's what happens. So oh, it kind of yeah. makes it difficult because you're like, I kind of want to believe that's true, but it's so far-fetched well, and it that delves you don't into, know. It delves into, like, being, like, human and having that human side. It also delves into, like, it how ties, we communicate. It ties all the religions together yeah everything together it's a great great video well and another thing too i'll share with this is that um what i found to be the most interesting thing now i'm gonna tell you this right now as much as i am a new age christian i also you know i do believe in evolution i do have a very big science backing um my 
uh, faith in Christianity is very spiritually based. Um, I'm not necessarily, I would say, a huge like church person. I think that if you're going to find any religious um, place to worship, you do have to kind of shop around and find out what works best for you. Nature. But um, to it's watch free. these videos... Yeah. Nature, it's free. Just go outside. Yeah, just go to nature. Just meditate. Like, for me, my, <laughs> my ideology in Christianity is a little bit different and very unconventional compared to most. Um, I'm also very open-minded and, like I said, science-based. So for me, I kind of formulate my own spirituality based in my own beliefs. Um, going off of that, this video, I was very skeptical. And I'm skeptical of most things because I really have to feel in my mind and in my heart to believe something to attach it as like, okay, that's a core type of belief or that's a core thing I'm going to stick with. But there were certain key points in this video that talked about um, the way that we communicate. So if 90% of us communicate with our body language and we only do 10% verbal, mm -hmm. it is because we were based back in the day, based to talk telepathically. And it kind of blew my mind and it was like, you should be able to communicate like more with your eyes. Like you should be able to communicate more with like saying something, reading into it. Like that's part of like your soul and your brain connecting which is why we have eyes, which are windows to the soul. So I kind of took a little bit off that, and I was like, ah, oh, that's really interesting to me because I've heard a lot about that with body language. Mm -hmm. And I, it's a weird thing, but I kind of like experimented with my dog, Roscoe, and I was like looking at him, and dogs communicate a lot with their eyes. But I was just like looking at him. He wasn't looking at me at first, but it was like every time I would like say his name or every time I'd have that intent. Mm -hmm. And obviously my body language would shift too, so it probably caught his attention. He would, like, look at me, and my, my boyfriend, uh, the butcher, actually, mm -hmm. was um, noticing it. He's like, why is Roscoe looking so at you so weird? And I was like, I'm, like, talking to him through my mind, and he literally, I, like, kind of gave him this command with my mind, and he followed it. Like, he <gasps> knew what I was saying, and he, like, came to me and, like, laid down, and it was the craziest experience. Now, take from it what you will on this video. If you have your own beliefs, that's fine. If you're still searching to what you believe in that's fine but it was just one of those things that i think that some a people cool are really experience. on to things and thus and the telepathic really communication cool yeah i thought i was like ah oh, maybe this has got something going it's on it's like it. anything you do in life like if you want something you just have to put the intent out there that you already have it like it's a secret it's yours i will always say it I will always be right because it's always worked and I've never seen it fail. Putting the intent out there? Putting the intent out there, but it's not very true. only putting it out there, you have to, the key is to already act like you have it. Yep. And it's like your gratitude yeah. towards everything. You can't want, 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 and then all of a sudden not be grateful for anything that you have in life because then you're never going to get anything. Well, and what blows my mind is that people want so much and they want and they need versus so much, but people forget that we have the capability to make these wants, to make these dreams and everything that we envision a reality. People forget that you don't just have to sit there and want. Like, to me personally, like I said, money's an excuse. So if you want something, you will make it happen. It's the old adage that's if you if there's a will, there's a way. And if you have that will, you have that intent, you're going to make a way. It might not be idealistic. It might not be how you envisioned it to happen. But it can still happen to a different degree. And you have to understand the universe you may want something, and the universe gives you See, what you need from that portion of what. It'll, you'll put your intent of what you want exactly out there, but here's the thing is you have to be smart enough to yeah. recognize that it's not always going to come in the way that you want, but exactly. in the way that you need. Mm -hmm. So, like, I wanted a certain type of vehicle, mm -hmm. but I didn't get that certain type of vehicle. I got something different, which, in turn, I was still grateful for Yeah. because... It may not be the car that I want. I'm not going to get snooty with it. It's, yeah. It is what it is. Is that you talking about your new car? Mm -hmm. You know what, though? New cars, it's nice because you had kind of like a junky little car, and you needed a new car. You wanted a new car. So I feel like the universe was saying, all right, this junky car is going to die. You're going to have a grown-up experience, and you're going to go to this dealership. You're going to get a new car. It might not be idealistic to what you wanted, but you still got a newer car. So you put that intent out there because you were seeking that. I think... Also, I feel like, in essence, to me personally, I feel like it would be the God that I believe in. But for those of you who might not believe in anything or might be very agnostic and believe something's out there, perhaps the universe is saying, what you want is not going to work out for you. But there's a reason why you want something like that. And you can, it's like cravings. 
you crave an orange Julius, but what your body really needs is vitamin C from an orange. Mm -hmm. But you're craving that. So the so all of a sudden life provides you with an orange. You'll still take that because your body's craving it. It might not be an orange Julius, though. I really right. like orange Julius's, which is why I use that as a reference. I feel like if I ever get an pregnant, that's going to be like my craving. <laughs> I never had cravings. That's very lucky. You really have like an idealistic pregnancy. I mean, I didn't look pregnant until, like, the third trimester, that's for sure. And you I just cute in your pregnant pictures. I snooped on them on your Facebook. I was so fat. No, you were cute. I She's, like, so honestly, Lisa is, like, five foot two, curvy. We're both, like, really I'm short and curvy. One. I'm not even oh, five, five one. Two. I'm sorry. <laughs> five one. I'm, like, five three and a quarter over here, so it's okay. But we're both two, like, short, curvy girls. But I thought you looked really cute. I didn't think you looked fat. I think it, like, fit you. I was 200 pounds at my heaviest. But 200! You didn't, you didn't look it, though. It was, all, it was a lot of your just, like, little belly. <sighs> my berry. <laughs> okay. Uh, Lisa, let's go and divulge into some creepy fact of the day. You guys are gonna love this. You are gonna love this. You'll love this. So, this is actually a really disgusting fact. And I want everybody to hold on to your knickers as I read this. Hold on. It might be disgusting. Some of you might find it... I find it completely tasty. disgusting. <laughs> mm. Ooh. Maybe the lost colony would have found it tasty. Maybe. <laughs> so in ancient times, there was a process of making a mellified man, which is essentially making human candy. In order to do this, an elderly person volunteered themselves to the process of being binged bathed in honey every day and given only honey to eat. They reached the point where that's all that was left in their digestive system. Then when they died, they would be covered in honey for a hundred years. Their body would snap easily in half and be eaten as rock candy. Eating this candy was a type of medicine which was said to heal broken bones. Interesting. I wonder, you know, it's kind of like the first, um, like, stem cell research, basically, where they're like, we're going to millify this people? body. We're going to mill. well, yeah, you got to think they're on their way out, so they're probably the only people that actually agree to it, you know? Yeah. Where they're like, well, I'm dying, you know, honey doesn't sound so bad. Imagine their teeth, though, like, especially in ancient times, eating honey, that probably, like, really fucked up their teeth before they left. Mm. But, um... Like, you gotta think, I'm thinking, like, them breaking off and snapping off. They're thinking, like, the cells in the body, like, eating that life force, that shell of someone else after 100 years and being preserved in honey. Like, early stem cell research for their bones and stuff. So gross. Also, um, I don't know if any of you guys have, like, ever seen True Blood or anything, but there was one episode where this guy had, like, this little boy servant that he, like, fed from. And yes. he would only feed him blood oranges because he liked that taste. That was, like, the delicacy in vampirism. I remember that. I love True Blood. So, if you could eat someone that tasted like something, like you had them like eat that Eric and soaked Northman. in it. He has my heart forever. I fucking Which one was that? Eric Northman. Oh, I know. He's Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah. Mm. I like his last name, Skarsgård. I think that's like really cool. It's very uh, like Nordic and... Swedish? I think so. I think? I'm not sure. I know it's... Somewhere He's up just there. got that like really intense look. That's his like, oh shit. His father is also an actor too, and his brother is. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Most of the family is. They're all kind of into um, it. His father actually played in Thor as a. Oh, I didn't know the that. Scientist guy. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. See, that's pretty rad. Okay, so like a fa a theater family. Yeah. I read about this one family that they were all like stunt doubles and stunt actors, which was really kind of crazy like it was like the wife the husband the grandparents all the kids fucking weird yeah and they were like a really beautiful family too because they're like all healthy and fit and always doing stunts we're so fit dude that's crazy also i want to say that there's this new um just just while i was thinking i watched this video on facebook there's a new bungee like catapult in new zealand that catapults you thousands of feet this uh company i forgot what it's called but you can look it up, the the fastest human catapult system in New Zealand. But um, this company also does the world's largest bungee jump. And they do some type of ziplining, I think, ziplining excursion. But now they have a catapult system. 
And I don't know about you, Lisa. I am not into the whole fucking heights thing. There's some people that skydive, and I'm like, cool, you're fucking cool. Like, you can lose your legs and die on the ground, like, by missing your target. But you have fun up there. But there are some people who really just, like, get into it. I'm not one of those people. Give me two feet on the ground. I, I am a wolf do, at I heart. Think, you give me two feet on the ground. I think I could do the zip line, but I don't know zip line I could if do. I would ever do, like, bungee jumping or skydiving. Like, no. to me, it would seem too surreal because it's just, like, everything just looks so big. And you're just like, oh, this is so cool. I would forget about reality for a second and actually think that I'm not in reality when you got to think, too, like, when you just graze, like, if you were to just uh, accidentally graze the size of a ma- side of a mountain, you would break, like, half of your bones. Like, if you just hit, like, your arm, your arm I would shatter. I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do that either. It seems super unnatural. So, for me, personally, I'm not one for, like, heights. I'm not, I, maybe it's because of my height. I'm, like, five, three and a quarter, like I, I said. I like heights, but I don't know if Woo. I could ever do that, though. No, I get, like, this really weird feeling. So when I was younger, my mom actually forbid me from climbing up trees because I had a problem where I'd climb up trees, but I'd never climb down. My mom had to get, like, these uh, firemen to get me down off a tree one time. What the fuck? Yeah, and then I broke, I, like, I broke my arm and I almost broke, like, a hip, like, really bad when I was younger because I could not climb back down. The heights freaks me out, so I jumped out of the tree because I'm an idiot. And this was when, like, jumping out of trees and, like, um, I don't know if you ever seen the kids, but they'll, like, go and they'll graze, like, the leaf ends or whatever. When they jump out, they'll graze the leaves. Normally, they're not as high as I was, though. You know, they're doing, like, reasonable jumps. <coughs> um, but this was a pretty intense jump, and, uh, yeah, I was pretty stupid. So I I think that's where my heights, fear of heights came from, because every time I get to an edge, I feel like my fingertips and my toes, like, tingling. Like, just push yourself. Just push yourself. There's actually, like... A chemical that some people have with that fear of heights that when they get too high they will just push themselves because it like freaks them out oh my gosh going no. on yeah i have a theory though that i think maybe in a past life maybe that's how i died or maybe i was maybe. pushed or something like that's why i have that weird maybe but anyways those are my theories um current event this week uh i was like really happy to hear this so like today's modern day berlin wall many southern koreans are finally being re- being reunited with north korean relatives about fifty-seven thousand of them are going to be reunited and only 20 from the years 1985 to 2015 have ever had successful reunions so this is coming up if you go onto npr's website it's one of their top headlining stories so i would say definitely do read it read about it it's really sad because the north and south korea the war that happened really did tear a lot of families apart and this is the first time that people are seeing their brothers and sisters and the last time they'd seen them were like six years old or 11 years old or 17 years old amongst blood and ruin and war-torn cities and you know babies and children getting killed in because of war so these these children were sometimes abducted and just brought over to the other side of the border sometimes they were left abandoned so i'm really excited to hear that there's going to be some reunions happening between the north and the south that's pretty cool i mean it's nice that you know someone's learning how to get along (laughs) yeah korea stopped throwing a temper tantrum <laughs> we won't divulge into that very much. <laughs> well, it's nice that they're getting along. I mean, every I feel like a lot of major countries have had to have fights between the North and the South. So look at the U.S. We didn't look have our Berlin. fights. I know. So like, so sometimes it just happens, and there just seems to be that like resolution that doesn't come in the first couple generations. Sometimes it doesn't make its way until like two hundred years later. Yep. Who else had a revolution? Russia. There's a lot of countries that have had revolutions, especially because there's some countries that are, like, thousands of years old. Has England? Never. Never. (laughs) England is the motherland. Well, actually, um, you gotta think, Ireland is a part, like, South Ireland is not part of, like, that UK. UK, no. separate. North North Ireland is. North and and South, but that has nothing to do with actual borders. It's just a religious war. Well, North and South and Ireland is a religious war, but also, like the south they even have different currencies so southern ireland i believe uses euros where northern ireland uses lira which is the old currency Mm -hmm. so 
Okay. It's interesting. Or pounds, actually, I apologize, not euros. I think that South Ireland uses pounds. Or however it is. However it works out. But anyways, that's mm. this week's episode of Murder on the 420 Express. We do hope you've enjoyed the last six episodes to wrap up our series on paranormal cases. Yes, give us your feedback. Your we highlights. want it. Um, Lisa, we need it. <laughs> Yeah, we need to know how we're doing. We need to know if you're laughing, if you're crying, if you're... If we need to improve. Yes. If we need, I don't know, better jokes, better stories, better whatever this, that. Sometimes we meet at, like, odd times. Yeah. If you want to be featured and you want your creepy story or your creepy fact or anything like that, let us know. We have our Instagram page, Facebook page. We got Twitter we got YouTube. We got a Just website. Fucking, yes. You have plenty of ways to contact us. Feel Hook free. us up with your feedback. Do it. Just let us know because we'd like to improve our audience. I do want to ask Lisa, what has been your favorite episode that we've gone over? I'm sorry. The Bell Witch will always be my favorite. The Bell Witch was probably even, a great episode. I mean, even though like we got so sick and fucking tired of talking about that stupid fucking case. We can laugh about it now, though. Because <laughs> that case it was, was just greatest. so... Oh, my gosh. We were like... We weren't sure how to, like, script it. We weren't sure how to, like, write down the facts. We literally recorded it, like, two or three times before we actually put out the recording. But it was our first case. I think it had the most information. I think it was really interesting. I think it was jam-packed full of goody goodness. And I think it's cool that we're going with, we started off with an old paranormal case and we're ending with an older unsolved murder mystery like a paranormal case very true yeah well i hope the people of roanoke get found if you have any information on this please please go to your local police department (laughs) let them know we want to reunite them with their families john john white John, John White. Yeah, he he misses his family. John White misses his daughter and his granddaughter, who, like I said, she was the first Amer- uh, English English family American-born child. Uh, first generation immigrant. And they're like, get out of here. So <laughs> wait, how after how many? This is gonna be touchy, but after how many generations of being an immigrant, do you actually become an actual citizen? Or in law? You are a citizen, but I'm just saying, like, because she was obviously a firstborn from an immigrant. So she would be an American citizen. But back then, they didn't really have weird citizenship rules like we have now. So she, so she's not English, she's American. Yep. If you're born in one country, that's what you are. So, like, my cousin had a kid in Australia. Her so other three what kids is were the born point of the bloodline thing? What do you mean? Like the ancestry DNA. This is getting way off topic, but oh, I'm ancestry DNA curious. to like see where your family's from. Yes, it's because like, your genetic DNA code. So this is this is where it gets really touchy. So people want to think that like you know there's no such thing as race, which it gets really big in anthropology because there technically is no such thing as race. But your DNA does hold a specific code. Like you've got green eyes, or you've got blue eyes, or you've got blonde hair, you've got fair skin. Or you've got dark skin, you've got a amount of freckles because of your genetic diversity. And your genetic diversity actually is based upon, like, the land that your family came from. So, um, like, I did my ancestry DNA and I found out that I was, like, 1% European Jew. I had Romanian, I had Greek, I had Italian. I also had a lot of uh, Finnish and Russian and um, Scottish, Welsh and Irish. Like, all these really cool mixes, but it, it kind of explains why you look a certain way. You know how there's, like, the stereotype, oh, like, you know, uh, for instance, like, Hispanic cultures, they've got a certain skin tone. But that's not always true because people in Mexico Mexico City are pretty fair and they've got green eyes and blonde hair just like a lot of people in Spain are actually blue-eyed and Yeah, that's like with Italians. If you're from northern Italy, you're going to be more fair-skinned than if you are from southern Italy. Exactly, exactly. So... When people tell me, you're not Italian, I'm like, yes, I fucking am. You're like, fucking know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, so that's like a whole ethnicity thing, and I think it really just links to also a lot of diets. Like you are saying, Lisa, like your diet structure can be based on like your ethnic background. 
Um, plus, you know, like, there is That a... has technically been debunked, though, by somebody. Really? Yeah. So then I is mean, there, like, a whole diet that you should be? Like, is there one diet that, like, proves to be the, the best? The only thing that I can possibly think of would be, like, eating right for your blood type. Because you you do have a specific blood I'm gonna get type. that book, too. I don't... I, my stepdad has it. I've heard that book's really good. I think I'm gonna find it online and probably order it. Well, anyways, order yeah. now. Eat right for your blood type and find out which human being is best for you. Yes. Tune in next time to Cannibal Sweets. Yeah. This is Lisa signing out. This is Mandy. Stay tuned for our merch that we'll be posting on our website within our short week break. It looks like we're probably going to be posting another two weeks from now. So re-listen to the episodes. Mm. Tell us about your favorites. Give us some feedback and let us know what you want to hear about in the future. And let us know what you want for merch because I got a few ideas. Grinders, shirts, beaners, be- not beaners, beanies. Excuse me. Oh my goodness, Amanda! <laughs> oh no, that is not what I meant to say. I'm stoned, and I was like, <laughs> grinders and beanies. Okay, I am not. She just doesn't that. know how to enunciate her words, guys. <laughs> Goodness. Goodness gracious, guys. All right. <laughs> We're going to end today's episode. You guys have a fantastic evening and come back in dos weeks. <laughs> All right. This okay. is Mandy signing out. This Bye. This is Lisa. Goodbye. <laughs>